and it sounds a little cliche and stuff, but like, I want to be ready for life whenever it happens, if it ever happens, hopefully not, you know, knock on some wood, but if shit ever hits the fan, like, I just want to be the fitter person. where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never... My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. And on this one, I got to travel down to CrossFit Reconstructed and speak with one of their owners, Steve Bart. Steve is also a member of the Delaware Army National Guard, where he is combining his passion for fitness and the military. Steve is doing some amazing things in this world. It was an absolute blast getting to know him and hearing about all the amazing things that he has going on. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one as much as I did, so let's just send it over there now. Well, I was uh, I was looking before. Have you done every CrossFit Open? Yeah, I think so. So I did... 2011, but I don't know. If, I think that might have been the first one. 2011, I did the last workout of 2011, so I didn't do the whole thing. 12, I did that. 13, I was in Afghanistan. I did that overseas, but I only did three workouts, and I didn't really have a judge, so I kind of just did them with whatever we had. We had an old crusty wall ball, and I think that was the first time I ever snatched like 165 for 30 reps and. 2014 we did it here uh, at the riverfront and then 15 16 17 18 19, yeah all of them um the only one i don't think i finished was 19 i got sick before 19.5 which i'm not mad about i think that was like the 33 27 21 thruster pull up thing i'm all set with that one i was happy to miss that <laughs> so Damn, that's why there's probably not that many people who have done like every single one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I think Chris did every single one. Damn. But it's so is a couple. I think a couple of our members have too. But and then obviously people around the state, which is super cool. Because I mean, if you you can say you've been in it for that long, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's like ten years is not that long. (laughs) It's not that long, but the sport has just evolved so much. It's like crazy to. I've only. I got into CrossFit in 2017. Okay. So, like, I'm still basically been around the block, in, though. Yeah, a little bit. But 2011, you look at what was cool in 2011. Holy crap. Like, these guys now are unbelievable. Because I remember watching, uh, we had a dude in our gym called, uh, or his name was Oliver Yost. You know Oliver? No. So he was, uh, I think he trained up at CrossFit Explode a couple times. But Oliver, I remember watching him snatch 225, and I was like, holy shit, this guy is the strongest person I've ever seen in my life. And now it's, you know, a 225 snatch is what they used as a tiebreaker for a touch-and-go triple at the end on, like, event number 10 in the game. So it's really cool to see how far the the human, um, you know, development side of it's come and just the sport in general, how many challenges they've had to deal with. And they've always kind of, you know, taking a little step forward even if they're taking two steps back and, and where they're at now I think is a good spot because the interest is getting better the sport itself is you know it looks like it's coming becoming more professional so I'm excited to see where they take it for sure what was what was it like when you first got into it like were you doing main site or some you found somebody who was yeah doing so it? 
Um, I was, when I first found CrossFit, I found it in 2009, uh, th- at basic training, like our, one of our drill sergeants was a big CrossFit dude. He just, we, I didn't know what it was. So he's like, take the cinder block, run around the building, uh, and then do 10 pull-ups. And then you're going to go all the way down to one pull-up. And I was just like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life. And, uh, then I, you know, I found out that that he told me when we graduated boot camp or whatever, like this is CrossFit, you should look into it. And, uh, we started doing it at CrossFit Riverfront back when they were in the old spot. And, uh, my buddy, Joey, Joey Riccardi was, uh, the head coach there at the time. And he put me through the, f- the first work I ever did there was uh, a mix of Diane and Randy. So Randy was 75 power snatches for time. Diane was uh, 21, 15, nine handstand pushups and deadlifts at 225. Uh, I did the power snatches at the empty bar. The deadlift was like 135, and I didn't know what a handstand pushup was, but the workout, it was just like chaos. And he turned the music up to like a billion, and everybody's just, you know, jumping around. You can just imagine what that would look like. And I was like, this is wild. This is pretty cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's cool to see. Um, you know, how far it's came from then, from since then. Yeah. Like the, what do you think's like the main difference, like the programming or just like the quality of people who walk in the door? Like, is there anything that stands out to you? I think people, um, you know, have gotten a little far away from original CrossFit main site programming. Uh, the way that they teach you in the level one is three days on one day off. It's a good way to go. Um, and actually the most programmed workout on CrossFit main site is the 5k run. And most people that come to CrossFit are like, I hate running. Like, unfortunately, you're going to have to, to like it a little bit. Cause we're going to run a little bit. We're going to have some long conditioning days because your energy system has to, you know, reflect that in your training and where people take it now is they kind of try to avoid certain things if they're biased, um, or there's, there's just so many programs out there now that it's kind of hard to pick one. Um, back in the day, it was just everybody followed CrossFit Main Site, and they posted their times to CrossFit Main Site. And you'd see Chris Spieler and Matt Chan and, and Froning put their times up, and then you'd try to go beat them, and you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> they're really good. But now I think the biggest difference is people try to cram too much stuff into their classes, and it ultimately just dilutes their product. That's kind of what I think. So what we've done at our gym is we try to do a more traditional, you know, main site-ish program where it's just, we're just going to do the wad, whatever the wad is. The workout of the day is going to be, you know, some, whatever it is, that's, that's all we're going to do. And if we fill the other, a little bit of time with additional prehab or rehab or um, some mobility or a little bit of accessory work, depending on what it is, we try to make the hour geared towards just the the wad not so much try to cram the hour full where if you've ever been to you know traveling in a different gym you've probably dropped in and they're like hey i want you guys to build up to a one rep back squat and then you're going to do fran and then we're going to do uh five sets of lunges and ghds and you're like uh i was all set after the back squat you know so yeah and and like if you're doing all three of those things you're not going to do any of them well like right. you're either going to take it easy on the back squat and try to go hard during Fran and yeah. skip the accessory work or you're going to max out your back squat and be like all right I'll and see you I'm guys dead. later yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool though like I mean man there's not that many people who have seen 
the entirety of CrossFit, like go through the progressions and now Glassman's out. So it's just, I'm sure you've seen so many things that people just haven't got to experience. Yeah, I can definitely say that like the, the CrossFit changed my whole life and uh, I'm very grateful for everybody I've ever met uh, in the space and, and what it's done for me personally, mentally, you know, and obviously physically, like I'm in the best shape I've ever been and it's because of CrossFit. And um, looking back, I can see that I had a lot of my own issues that I went through and I, you know, I always revert back to, I can train, I can get, you know, I can clear some of this stress out if I just go for a run or if I just go do a quick workout or I try to crush myself doing whatever. And it's always been a really big constant in my adult life. Um, and I think it's helped me build a very strong mental foundation uh, to face whatever challenges that did come up in my life. And I think, you know, get, passing that on has been my favorite thing to do, especially to my younger soldiers, to my clients to come in here, friends, family. I've tried to get, you know, as many family members as I can involved and they you know, some are reluctant, some, some take, but, you know, I'm definitely super grateful for everything I've had. And, uh, I do owe it all to the people that, you know, put it on the website first. Cause it's, they kind of pioneered this thing. So was that, you think like the main thing that switched in your life or did you have any experiences in childhood that pushed you to be this way? So, uh, I think, Getting into wrestling was an eye-opening thing to me. Uh, I never really did an individual sport like that where every all the pressure is on you. So your work ethic is directly reflected by your performance on the mat. If you don't train hard, you don't win, and everybody knows it. So if you train a little bit harder and you go out there and smash some dude, people know that you, you know, you're the real deal or you tried hard. And so I had a lot of people that I looked up to in high school and uh, some of my buddies who from high school went to college and wrestled and just watching them work really, really hard. I think that kind of, it hit home for me to be like, look, like if you, if you put in the work and then it reflects in public, like, you know, you'll know that you did enough, then you're actually making a difference in yourself and in, in the community. And, um, I think that was, um, that's kind of what, what really triggered me to make this a really big part of my life. Did you do, um, were you weight cutting in high school? I did a few times. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was never really a big dude. So, um, I wrestled pretty light and I, there was a few times that I would have to cut weight and God, that was so unhealthy. It was terrible, but that was the, you know, that's the rule, right? That's the sport at the time. So, yeah, I remember seeing some of my buddies like, we just eat lunch and they're like, well, I can't eat today. We got yeah, a match. I'll have some air or a yogurt <laughs> yeah, for the next two I'll days. I'll chew on some ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I can do. Yeah. I, I wonder if they, they should probably look into changing some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, but if you want to cut down to a certain weight and you see it in the UFC now, these, you know, these guys are taking on these crazy fights and they want to fight down or fight up and their, their weight changes are unbelievable. And unfortunately it's just, I think that's just how it is, right? Because if you want to fight somebody at that weight, you got to meet them at that weight, right? It's cool to see some CrossFit guys getting into fights too. That'll be exciting to watch. I think that's September. Uh, Jacob Hepner and Josh Bridges beating the crap out of each other in Dubai. Yeah. I, I just heard fun. it got moved to Dubai. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. It, it is cool. Like the, I've never, I've never been in a fight or experienced anything like that, but I'm sure, you know, being on the mat, it's like, 
it's either you or the other person. Yeah, and like I, I'm not a big fighter. I, I gotta let the listeners know that like I'm not out here pitching pitching UFC. Steve fights, was out right? here brawling. Yeah, was out here parking fighting. lot before I got uh, here. Yeah, I was fighting some guys trying to take my dog. But um, no, there is something to be said about like you versus the other uh, the opponent. And um, a lot of my friends are into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and there's a lot to be learned from from that domain as well. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, getting into these fights where you're trying to beat the crap out of each other. It's just kind of learning the flow of what other minds would do to you in certain situations and, and how to get out. Because I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm no BJJ expert, but my goal every time is to escape a fight. I'm not there to fight. I'm not a good fighter. I want to run away. I'm really fast. So, like, you better be really fast or you're not going to catch me. And getting people to safety is a big thing to me, you know, if it, if it came down to it in the, in the street, like get out, get away and call the cops. That's what they're there for. You know, I'm not going to sit there and fight some dude who's six foot, you know, or for anybody for that matter. Cause you don't know what these guys are capable of. You don't know what's going on. Just, you know, protect yourself, protect your family and, and roll out. And that's, um, that's kind of how I approach, you know, things like that. Cool, man. Well, let's get into the military a little bit, and I think we can we'll tie it back into CrossFit because yeah. that's that's the two worlds that you've developed together. But uh, what made you want to get into the National Guard and kind of talk about that experience? Uh, so I'll preface by saying I always hear people say like, "Well, I, was, I wasn't good at anything, so I joined the military," and that was that was me. Um, I went to college at Monmouth University for about a year and a half and I sucked ass at it. I was a terrible student. I was always a terrible student. In high school, I, you know, 2.5, maybe a three GPA if I was really crushing it. And I was just never really, I couldn't focus too well on school. And I don't know, I never really figured out why. Because now I can sit down and read a book and be fine and you know, open up a, a training program and, and read it in entirety and you know, take it in and then regurgitate it. But back then, um, school really wasn't my forte, and uh, I didn't really have a direction in life. So one of my best buds, uh, Wade, he, his dad actually called me and said, hey, I got a friend who, uh, who wants to meet you. I was like, dude, you're like 50. Who's your friend? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So we go over and have uh, dinner at uh, Mr. Cavelli's house, and his buddy was like, Hey, like I can give you a thousand bucks right now, buddy, if you sign up for the National Guard. And I was like, "What is the National Guard? Is that like where you get in a boat and you protect the coast?" And he's like, "No, that's the Coast Guard. <laughs> this is uh, it's like the Army, man. It's but you stay home and you can work a job and just you all you gotta do is two you know two days every month and a couple weeks in the year and that's your commitment and you you know you put on the uniform and you do soldier stuff during that time. I was like, man, that sounds cool. Like, what what can I do? Can I go in the infantry? Can I be a sniper? And he was like, yeah, 100%. Like, just sign up. I was like, sweet, I'm going to be a sniper. I'll sign up in the infantry. Like, maybe I'll be a Green Beret. I signed up for the military police company, which is nothing like that at all. So he kind of dupes me into that, which I don't regret now. At the time, I was like, this mother, you know, he got me here. He got me good. But I have to, you know, give that guy credit um, because it changed my life for the better, for sure, because I learned discipline, I learned hard work, and I took those a little further than I already had, um, you know, because I wasn't really doing much in, in college and after high school, I was working, you know, at a diner, just, you know, making food or bussing tables or whatever it was, just kind of hustling to make money and, and, and eat and survive. 
And uh, this gave me purpose. It gave me a big, uh, big piece of who I am today. And I think um, without that, I don't really know what I would do right now. Like I maybe I would continue down the path of just skating by in college and maybe that would turn into skating by in the corporate world and skating by everywhere else. And I wouldn't really ever have reached, um, you know, a, a, a level that I'd be proud of. So, so you left college after that? Yeah. Yeah. I dropped out of college after a year and a half. Uh, I still haven't finished it. I tried to go back a couple times and, uh, the timing of things in life just kind of took me in different directions to where, you know, I don't, I didn't think I needed it. Now I'm like, man, maybe I should go back and wrap it up because it's not that many credits, but back in the back of my head, I'm like, why? What's the point? You're doing what you love to do. Why do you need a degree? Yeah, it honestly makes me happy to hear, like you said, you dropped out of college because how many kids just go because their parents want them to go or because they need a job? And it's like, hey, if you're already doing what you're passionate about doing, like, Absolutely. You don't and there's to. tons of things out there that you don't need a college degree for. I'm not sitting here advocating for it. If you think it's something important to you, by all means, go do it. But there are people that are looking for laborers. Like trades are huge right now. Go become an electrician, become a craftsman, a carpenter. Like those are incredible jobs, super high paying. I just looked at a sheet the other day. It said elevator operators make like $114 an hour. Like that's nuts. I don't even know that was a job. And there are things out there that we just don't get told about because the social norm is go through high school, get good enough grades, you know, sacrifice all your free time to study so you can get good enough grades to go into a good college so you can get a good job, you can get a good house, you can get a good marriage, you can get a good whatever. And that's just not how it is right now, right? It's a lot easier for people to be very good at something that you enjoy doing, you know? And most people hate their fucking jobs, which is terrible. When people are like, God, I hate going to work. I'm like, man, that sucks. I love going to work, right? I get to do shit that's cool all day. I get to hang out with people who are like-minded. I get to surround myself with great ideas and problems to solve, you know? It's awesome. I wish I, you know, everybody could feel that same passion because it does make work a little bit easier. Like, don't get me wrong. I have shitty days just like everybody else. But like the majority of them are super cool, so. Yeah, and you might work double what a normal person works. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, between the two spots and other other stuff going on. Yeah, but there are two things that I'm you know super pumped to do, like putting on a uniform every day and going and like working on fitness in the military and trying to better our Delaware service by making these guys you know more knowledgeable, fitter, faster, stronger. That's awesome. And then being able to leave that job and come into the civilian side and teach, you know, my community the same shit. It's awesome. So it's just, yeah, they're long days, but if you, like the, the oldest saying is like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. You definitely work, but if you like what you do, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Your time is just spent differently. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's, um, when you get into the military, like you found CrossFit pretty fast, but what's what's like the average soldier? Like, are you seeing guys who aren't really working out ever and signing up for this or how's that? Yeah, that's a great in? question, Angelo. So like, it's, it's definitely not 
what you think, right? And I'm not going to sit here and bash our, our military, but we have done a very poor job of teaching proper fitness, proper nutrition at the most basic level. And what we've found is that we've had a ton of injuries from lack of training. But it's not, it's not on the fault of the military. It's more a societal issue because the people that we get are coming from one of two backgrounds. One like mine, I played high school sports. I never played college sports. Some people do that, that come into military. Not many professional athletes come into the military. I wish they would. If you're listening, we need you. Um, but a lot of them are people that had the same mindset of me, but maybe not the same background. They grew up on the couch and they grew up not active. Like a kid needs to be running. They need to be falling and hurting themselves and building their bone density and drinking milk and like, you know, that's, that's how, how people used to grow up and now they're growing up soft. So when we get these kids, they're, they're soft all over. They're soft physically, they're soft mentally. So our first job is to be like, oh, well shit, now we gotta like turn you into a tough person first before we start trying to, you know, explain to you that lunges are good for your hips and push-ups are good for your shoulders and et cetera. Um, but what I do get to see is transformation um, at my level where I get to see people that are like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm failing my PT test. What do I do? Like, are you going to listen to me? Are you going to do what I tell you to do? Yes. Okay, do this. Boom. Six months later, they're a different person. They're on the path of I am going to suffer a little bit every day so I don't have to suffer a lot at the end of my career because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. Like, I don't care how fit you are during your service. You need to be fit to be a soldier. But my goal is more so life after service. Like, I see people retire and they can't do a fucking thing. You can't go play golf. You can't go hunt. You can't go for walks with your wife or husband or whatever. And like, that sucks. You spent 20 to 30 years in the military for what? To have a terrible 60, 70, 80 year life? Like, people say that, you know, your retirement should be fun. And like, you look around, most retirees aren't ready to go do CrossFit workouts and, you know, crush, crush the golf course and have a, a very mobile retirement. They're beat up. You know, they go to bed early. They're, they're, they're tired. But my, my goal for people is to get through their military service and be ready to tackle the retirement because we have the very good luxury of retiring early. And if I retire at 45, you're fucking bet your ass I am going to still be doing this stuff, feeling good, and doing what I like to do, but with way more free time, you know? And that's my goal for most people. So life after service is super important. So how do you change that? How do you change the mindset of soldiers who, you know, might just sign up for four years or eight years or whatever it may be, and I'm just going to get through this? And then, like, how do you, what's that conversation look like? It's hard. I've done it with a few. Uh, I've done it with a few guys. And like, it's, it's not a macro thing. I can't do it to a lot of people, right? Because it's a very personalized conversation. It has to be this shift in culture to where we all are thinking like this. And like the breed of soldiers that I am developing thinks like this. So then they can develop the next one and, and, and so on and so forth. So the way I kind of pitch it to them is like, look, man, like, this is not a hard obligation. You're good at it. 
and I'm not going to tell you they're good at it if they suck. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some crappy soldiers that I'm like, yeah, you should probably just get out because uh, you'd be better served flipping burgers or something, right? Because they don't want to listen to you and they, they know everything. That's great. Go do this. We'll see you in two years when you come back. But for the ones that have that potential, it's kind of our responsibility, ours as in, you know, me and my peers to, to mentor these guys to say, hey, this is not a hard requirement. You're doing great. You're only going to progress if you keep doing what you're supposed to do. And this is how you do it. All you have to do in the guard is pass your PT test, shoot your gun straight, and show up on time in the right uniform, right? Everything else is just, you know, filler. We're going to tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You just do that. But at the low level, that's where you see most churn is the E4, E3, the, those young privates, young specialists, they don't see the big picture. So being able to explain to them that, hey, if you spend 20 years doing this crap, this sucks, man. But like, it's going to suck everywhere you go. You want to go work for a bank? It's going to suck there too. But if you stay in here in 20 years or 25 years, however your active duty times, you know, breaks down, you're golden. You're going to get out with, you know, a three, four, $5,000 pension every single month. You don't do anything. You worked your ass off for it, for sure. But you have, but most people don't see that at the end of the road. They see the instant gratification of, I need a day off, man. I'm just so tired. I'm, you know, I, I missed my friend's wedding. I, you fill in the blank. You don't know how many times we've missed family events or canceled trips or birthdays or what I've watched, you know, I've heard my grandfather die when we're overseas, like, and I can't do anything about it. It just is what it is. And you have to accept that. And if you want to be successful in that role, it is something you're going to have to sacrifice. And that's what they talk about, right? There is a little bit of sacrifice and it's not what you think. It's, it's missing things that you really want to go to, or it's, you know, devoting time you really don't want to do or mentoring people that you don't really know yet, you know, because they are going to be the ones who change the culture of the military for the better in the future. I think that's just going back to like society is soft, like a hundred percent. And me viewing it as a civilian world, like people, especially now, like you work from home, you wake up 10 minutes before work, you sit on your couch and just stare at a computer screen all day. Like, if you don't want to do anything hard, you don't have to anymore. Right. Like, our food is at the grocery store. You can get whatever you want anytime. You can turn the TV on. You can watch Netflix all day. Like, we, we are made to do hard things, but yeah. we don't have to if we don't want to. You don't have to, right? Because the normal body nowadays is a big head, skinny body, or you're shaped like a pear. You've eaten so much processed food that your body can't sustain normal activity levels. And, um, like you mentioned, like we, we really have to be looking at fitness as manufacturing physical labor. Um, if, if our job is, you know, working at a construction site for 10 hours a day, chances are you don't need to go run after work, right? You maybe need to do some prehab or rehab or maybe some bodybuilding, um, and work on something a little different than what you did at work. And vice versa, if you sit at a desk all day, or you sit at home all day, yeah, you need to get off your ass and go do 30, 40 minutes of aerobic exercise almost every day because that's what you're missing, right? You're sedentary. You're sitting there. You need to get up. You need to move. And people have this stigma around exercise now where we look at exercise as this, I don't know, social gathering or whatever, whatever it may be now, but it's mandatory. It's mandatory for you to do physical activity 
because human beings of you know our ancestors in the past, they would pick up rocks and move them. They pick up and go kill shit and bring it home and eat it. Like we don't do that anymore. We don't have to. Like you said, the grocery store is right down the street. It's always open, right? Some of these things are 24-7. We have Amazon that delivers packages to your door in the same day. Nothing is hard. So you need to go out and create the hard stuff so you can survive and thrive at that level. Because without it, you know, it sucks to say, but like you're going to die first. You're going to be out there. You're not going to survive. The survival of the fittest, it's really, it's true. The fitter you are, the better off you are. We see it now with the pandemic. You know, you see people unfortunately dying from having underlying health conditions when some of those things are treatable through exercise and nutrition. Yeah. It, it's so easy on, on this side to look at it and see the benefits. Like if you do CrossFit a couple times a week, you're just going to have a better quality of life. And like you said, even if something simple is going to the golf course, if you're six years old, you should be, you should be able to golf 18 holes and not be out for the week, you know? Right. And a lot of people can't do that. And it's like, Hey, do hard stuff now so you can do easier stuff later. Yeah, man. And that's, uh, you know, Pat Sherwood said it. I love what he said. He said, you show up, you do an hour of CrossFit, you go home, you eat well, you're golden. You're good to go. Like there's not, it's not a hard thing, right? We talked about all the time. Favorite quote recently is it's so simple that it's hard. It really is. And people just don't want to do it. Right. There's other things that are pulling you in directions away from this thing. Right. There's so many outings and there's so many gatherings and there's Netflix and there's work and lack of sleep and there's relationships and people fail to put this on their priority list. Right. You go home every night and you brush your teeth. That's really important. You don't want your teeth to fall out of your head. But why do you want to gain weight? Why don't you want to, you know, control your body fat? Why don't you want to not eat a ton of sugar? It's, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. We'll definitely get into, uh, the gym owning side, but I just want to touch on like what you're actually doing right now, present day in the guard, changing the fitness test. So what's that? Yeah. So I started, uh, 2019, uh, as I got hired on as the army combat fitness test project manager. So my job was to implement the new ACFT at six events. Um, and it, you know, if anybody outside are looking in, it looks like a CrossFit CrossFit guy made this thing up, right? You got deadlifts, there's ball throws, um, hand release push-ups, uh, sled drags, kettlebell carries, um, stuff on a pull-up bar, and running. So there's a lot of stuff being tested. And um, in the early stages, a lot of people are scared of it because all we knew since the 80s, uh, 1980s, was two minutes push-ups, two minutes sit-ups, two-mile run. And now they're going to throw all this extra stuff that you haven't been training at you and expect you to pass this test. And in the beginning, it was a little, it was a little scary, right? You had uh, the fear of, well, I haven't deadlifted ever. I don't even know what a deadlift is. Um, you know, I, I don't really have the ability to do a leg tuck. I can't bring my knees up to my chest. And it caused this, you know, thank God, this change in, in thinking where it's like, man, I should probably be doing some of this stuff if I can't do it now because it's going to make me a little bit better soldier. It's going to make me fitter on the battlefield. It's going to make me fitter at work. Um, so that's kind of where we started with this, this program. And what we've done so far is we, we thought about what do we need to do to better 
the lives of the soldiers who have to take this test. We need them to be fit, you know, fitter mentally, fitter physically. Then we need them to start sleeping better. We need to you see what we can do for sleep. Uh, we also need them to be emotionally supported and spiritually supported. So the Army actually kind of created this H2F model. It's called the Holistic Health to Fitness. And in this model are those five topics, mental, physical, emotional, sleep, and spiritual readiness. And through a program, um, it's being developed to where all of those things are going to be captured and collected and then distributed to each soldier so then we can see who you are on, on those five levels. And knowing that information is pivotal because when we have that, we can direct mission readiness. If you're not sleeping, you're not going, right? And they did a study, uh, Whoop did a really cool study in Army Alaska where you know, they, they put whoops on these guys and they saw how they slept. And, um, it was really eye opening to see that after a few shifts, the most tired people were the support staff, the cooks, the supply people, right? The, the truck drivers, like they are smashed trying to support these, these high level infantry guys. And you'd always thought it was the other way around. Like, oh, the hard chargers, you know, the, the guys who are kicking indoors and blowing shit up, they're smoked, right? No, yeah, they're, I'm sure they're tired, but they're not waking up at 2 a.m. to make those guys food, right? They're not loading up all their shit and moving it. Like, they're not staying up late to clean up the kitchen afterwards. So, you don't, it's some things that we haven't thought about as, a, as an organization. And now we're looking at it on this extra level where these things matter. And we're putting them at the forefront of every soldier's mind, every leader's mind, to where the leaders need to start doing stuff about it. Hey, you got a guy showing up. He's you know been in the red for three days. What's going on with him? Oh well, you know I I've, I've been drinking. I got an issue. And now we can find this out, right? We can we can now get to the root of these problems by having something to talk about first. I don't need to just send you to the chaplain because you said you're kind of pissed off, right? I can see that there's something going on where you're not sleeping. Why don't we go talk about it? What's what's really going on? Are there problems at home? Finance? Like now we can we can really see. So that's that H2F model, and that's kind of what we've been working on for the past year now. And uh, I really see that becoming the way forward for the, for the, the military. And I think it's going to be a giant culture shock for people. But in the end, it's probably going to be something that we look back and say, why didn't we do this sooner? So how, do you, how are you measuring all that? Is it just the whoop? Like, how do you measure spiritual readiness, stuff like that? So uh, every year, at least in the Guard, we have annual briefings. And one of the annual briefings is the chaplain. The chaplain comes and talks. And he's like, hey, if anybody needs to come talk to me, come talk to me. Nobody ever comes talks to this guy. I feel so bad for him. Like, Chaplain Warner, if you're listening, we love you, dude. Like, you do so much stuff for us. But nobody will really ever admit that there's something wrong. So the first step of kind of acknowledging that is finding something that is actually wrong first and then we can kind of dissect it so we're working with a few programs uh, to see which one we want to bring to the state of Delaware to implement this program because it is so new and they don't really want us to implement it until like 2023 so we're kind of in like a market research you know research development time frame right now where we're finding what works best is there a platform that we can use is there a system is there a wearable so it's kind of just all being talked about now, um, you know, not only at my level, but at the, the highest level as well, because 
there might be something that they develop that it's like, we can just do this in house. But in the meantime, uh, at least on the guard side, we need the civilian help. We, so, you know, if anybody's listening that has something like this, bring it on up. Uh, we can definitely have a conversation about it. Um, so there are a few local companies that we've talked to, but it really comes down to like, what can we use to capture all of this data and then put it into a system to where somebody like me can read it and reach down to a unit level leader and say, Hey, you know, Sergeant, whoever this guy is, you know, he's popping in red every single day. Like he's got some shit going on or this guy was at 1% uh, recovery. Like he's definitely jacked up or he's got a drinking problem or we can figure that out. And the technology we have is so, you know, so good today that we need to start utilizing it because without it, we can't see everything, you know? Yeah, you don't, and you don't even think about this stuff um, just from the civilian world, like we were talking a little bit about the Afghanistan situation, and on the news, it's just like, hey, there's this many soldiers there, and it's not like, hey, there's 2,500, you know, sons and daughters there, and, like, they all got their own shit going on. There's drug addiction, there's people who are drinking yeah. too much or coming home, and PTSD, all the shit, like... You, you, this is stuff that can be prevented in the beginning instead of, you know, getting out and you're all messed up. Right. And like to that point, imagine if all those guys had whoops on, right? All those guys had some kind of wearable that was like, yeah, we've been out on this airfield for 12 and a half hours now. We are fucking smoked. But we can't track that. Like you can have a day strain of you know, 18, 19 just from walking around in full kit for 12 hours. I promise you, right? I've tried it. And we can't do much about it if, if we don't know, right? So that's something that is being you know, pushed is that when we have these four deployed soldiers, what are we doing on the back end? How are we doing work rest cycles? What are we looking at? What kind of data are we seeing? Um, and how are we keeping these guys healthy, both physically and mentally, right? Because like you said, like going and looking at something so terrible is going to fuck with you. It's going to leave an impact. And if you aren't doing anything to make that better when you get home, it's going to be there forever. So like, that is really a big part of H2F is having somebody to talk to and having a, a, you know, a way forward of what are we going to do with these people when they come home and how are we going to get them you know, to feel better about what they did or, you know, or get over it, right? be able to move on because at the end of the day, like bottling that shit up is bad. And, you know, I have some buddies that have, you know, taken their life and their lives and it's sad, but it's something that they were battling so hard that they just didn't feel like they could talk about. We got to talk about it because it's important. And like every single one of those guys is doing something incredible and they don't realize it at the moment because it sucks. Right. And you think about like, man, I wish I was home doing whatever. But um, when they do get home, like, we need to treat them like they did something meaningful. And we need to help them because they need help. Yeah, 100%. So let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit because I know you just have a lot going on. And as I was doing research for this podcast, I'm like, I don't do anything in life. <laughs> like, look at this guy running a gym, like, being in the military. And you're a high-level athlete as well. So, like... How are you balancing all this stuff? Like, what, what do you do? What's your daily routine look like to 
to keep yourself healthy. Cause if you're in service of others all the time, like you need a break too. So like, what's, yeah. your, what's your kind of routine look like? Well, um, Becky, my fiance, she won't like it when I say, but I force her to get to bed at eight o'clock at night. So, um, we're in bed early. Um, and I, I love her so much for that. Cause she knows how important it is, how important sleep is to me and sleep, uh, after, you know, wearing the whoop for a little bit, I didn't realize how bad my sleep was. And now getting, you know, seven, eight, sometimes eight and a half hours of sleep every night helps me recover and recharge. I'm up at four, four fifteen, four thirty every single day. Um, even Sunday, not most Sundays. No, no. Sundays I'd sleep in until six, but, uh, <laughs> you know, every day we get up, um, I have a, a, a few buddies that we are on this group chat. Um, you know, shout out Ryan, Kurt, Chris, every single morning, we text each other what we do and we're, it's usually done by 6am. And in that accountability keeps me rolling in the morning. Um, then you go through the whole work day, maybe do another workout in the afternoon. Uh, but when I do get time, uh, to just kind of decompress, I love playing golf. I love playing golf. I absolutely fucking suck at it most days, but when you have a good round, it's awesome. But being outside, um, you know, for that duration of time and just kind of being in your head, it allows you to take those thoughts you're kind of harboring and bring them out and, and really, and really break them down and think about them. You know, what's going on with this, what's going on with that. And then forget about it, right? Make a little plan, maybe take a couple notes while I'm out there and, uh, and then forget about it because, uh, most of the time I'll walk. So I, I walk 18 holes and it's, we're out there for four hours. It gives me a lot of time by myself to just absolutely decompress as stressful as that game can be, um, you know, you, you move on after a few bad shots, but that's really one way. And then, um, if I do get time on Sundays, you know, I just try to get some extra sleep or just sit, just sit on the couch with my, you know, my family and just relax and play with the dog and try to shut off the world before Monday comes because Monday's inevitable. It's always going to be there. And most people that wake up and hate Mondays, you're wrong. Like you, you can't, you can't because you're not going to go anywhere. You have to, you have to embrace the fact that a new week will always come. Your job will always be there. You're always going to have to work and you can't dread it because if you're dreading it, it's going to suck every fucking week. And that is no good. You need to wake up, know it's coming, you know, be able to be recharged. Like you said before that, and then go tackle it, like go fucking crush it. I, I listen to my buddies all the time. They're like, yo, I'm out here in this rain or this heat and I'm digging a hole and I'm fucking loving it because I'm just, you know, I'm thriving. I'm getting after it. Or I hear, you know, Max talk about he's, you know, he woke up at four. He crushed, you know, coach in the morning. Then he's training. Then he's going to do a meeting. Then he's, you know, doing this. These guys are hard chargers and they're, they're so awesome to watch and then to like try to emulate. There's no way that I could ever just sit back and, you know, be the, the player B. I got to try to keep up with these guys. So I, it's having a good friend group um, and support system through, through my own family is, uh, is a really big part of it too. So like without any support from friends and family, it's almost impossible. Doing this on your own is very tough. I can't even imagine. Max is uh, getting he's, bored with he's us. Right. <laughs> he's fine. No, but do you think... Um, like, what do you think makes you enjoying suffering? 
Like, do you think that's something in your brain that you've developed or you were born with? Like, you just always like to push yourself? No, to be honest, like, I, I hate most CrossFit workouts. I, I don't really enjoy that feeling too much, and that's probably why I can't go to the CrossFit games. But because those guys love it. Um, but I know it's good for me. And I know that at the end, I always feel good. And um, I really enjoy the, the, you know, the sticking to the schedule and looking at something so daunting and then tackling it and you know, checking it off the block. It makes me feel good. So I don't really do it for the actual suffering. I think that some people do and some people love it and they love that chase and they love that fight. But I, I, like, the, I like the checking of the blocks. I like the you know, text in my group chat like, yo, I just did this. I know it's done and I'm proud of it. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's the thing is like just being able to be happy with the whole process of it and look forward to the next day of checking the block. So as an athlete, are you, um, like, what are your goals as an athlete? Do you, I know you don't want to go to the, the CrossFit <laughs> games, but like, how do you do all this stuff knowing that, hey, I might not go to the semifinals or I might not go to the games? Yeah, it's more, I think it's bigger than that for me. So, like, and it sounds a little cliche and stuff, but, like, I want to be ready for life whenever it happens, if it ever happens. Hopefully not, you know, knock on some wood. But if shit ever hits the fan, like, I just want to be the fitter person. I don't want to go into a fight or a brawl or a whatever not being ready to take care of myself or my family. Cause that shit happens all the time. You see it on Instagram or the news, you know, some guy attacks a guy getting money out of an ATM with a hatchet. Like that's crazy. But if you're situationally aware and you're fit enough to handle yourself, there's a better chance of you surviving. So like in terms of being an athlete, I think I'm, I'm pretty fit, but I also want to be really fit to get into, you know, get out of any situation I, I come across. But in terms of having fun with it, I like, uh, I like the local comps. I like the people that put them on. You know, um, I really look forward to doing a few this year. I think I um, might be able to do like the Mac Fest. It's, one of, it's like a, the Mac Festival is a Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge, maybe not the elite division. It's like a RX scale, the intermediate kind of thing. Uh, and I have a few friends who asked me to do that with them, so that will be really cool. Uh, there's a couple online qualifiers uh, that I really enjoy doing because it, it lets me work out with people I don't normally work out with. You know, I get to watch Max or Chris do these workouts next to me and blow me out of the water. And then I can say I, I, I try to keep up with them. But there was something I put up. Um, I sent it to Chris the other day. I was like, dude, when I'm like sitting on that bike in the morning and I'm just sitting there dying, like I imagine chasing you guys. And then I imagine getting in front of you guys and I'm, I would rather kill myself than have you pass me. So like, I have these external motivators that really push me just to be better, you know? And if it makes me fit enough to go to one of those things, great. But like I said to you earlier, like if I'm not doing this as a full-time job, there's a pretty good chance you're not going. So I just enjoy, you know, training with my buddies and, and really just working hard when I can before everybody's awake. It's like one of my favorite things, just getting it done and moving on through the day. The one thing I was thinking about, you always see like people try to attack like a UFC fighter and it's always so ironic. Like somebody tries to break into Derek Lewis house and you're like, that's the one guy yeah. like you don't want to break. Into I'm, I'm nowhere near that, but I promise <laughs> you, but I do want to be, you know, able to take, to take care of myself. Should anything like that ever happen? God forbid. Right. And 
in the world we live in, unfortunately, like that's our reality. Like you do need to watch your back. You do need to like be a little cautious. You can't be trusting to everybody you don't know. Right. And, um, it's a scary, scary thing to think about, but if you're ready, at least you got a fighting chance. And that's what I think that really means. Yeah. And I think just like so many people are looking at the government now, looking at the government to save them. And it's like, no, we need to have this mindset that whenever shit does hit the fan, we're going to be able to handle it because we put in the work, not because somebody's going to come save us. They're going to have a miracle shot or they're going to have this program that we don't have to work anymore. So just think yeah. about that stuff. Like nobody's going to, nobody's going to give you a 400 pound deadlift. Nobody's going to give you the ability to take your kids out of a burning building. Like you have to go out and, and make that happen yourself because that's the, that's the reality. If you're not ready, you won't, you won't survive. Right. So it's better to just be ready than have to get ready when the time comes. So going off that as a, as a CrossFit gym owner, when somebody walks in the door, they're probably not going to have the same mindset as you. So what's, what's the conversation like to a new member? Like, are you saying, Hey, we need to crush it now. Like the first day you're coming in here and, and we're going to do Murph or we're going to do something crazy. Like what's that look like? So when somebody new walks in, um, my goal with them is to build rapport and build trust because I need them to trust me. Without trust, it's very hard for us to get them the results they want. So when they come in, you know, fresh off doing nothing, I need them to know that it's okay. Wherever you're at right now, it's all good. We're going to get you to where you want to be, but it takes time. And the mindset development is an everyday ongoing thing. I need them to show up just as they need me to tell them what to do. So if they aren't showing up, they're missing out on that day's, you know, five minute soapbox talk that I go on, whatever it is. Right. And, um, I understand that my words have an impact, right? The things I say to people make a difference and the things I say to people could make them think one way or the other. So I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of what I say, but I also don't want to filter myself when I don't agree with something that's going on. If somebody's complaining about something, I'm usually like, yo, we don't fucking do that here. Like, we don't whine. We don't complain. We don't make excuses. I stole that from Ben Bergeron. I thought that was like the most profound thing I've ever heard when he was like, yeah, we just, we like slap our members on the wrist if they ever whine. I'm like, oh shit, well, we're not going to do that, but um, we are going to call them out. And it's definitely filtered out some cancerous people. It's changed the culture of, of the people around here. Um, you know, there are some that still, you know, have that attitude of what was me, whatever. But as long as you can get the, the buy-in from the new members or the, you know, the people that have been here for a while to say, yo, like this is the kind of people that we are. We work really hard. We play really hard. We don't take, you know, shit from anybody. And we just try to wake up and be a really good person every day. Um, one thing I do try to, to pitch to people is like, you got to be fucking nice. Like you got to be nice to people. And there's no, you get nothing from it. You get nothing from holding the door from somebody, for paying for somebody's coffee, for you know, paying their toll, whatever, uh, paying it forward in any way. You get nothing from it, except for the intrinsic value of, I can admit that I'm a pretty good dude, right? And if you can't say that, like, start doing some good shit. Like, start doing some nice things for other, other people. If you're very you know, self-centered and you, you really care about yourself, that's fine, but like, go out of your way to hold the door for somebody or say thank you a lot. Um, because that goes a long way. 
And anyway, so like once you get these buy-in from these people, it's very easy for you to try to mold them into tougher, mentally tougher people, right? I want them to realize how hard whatever they just did was. Like, yo, you just PR'd your deadlift by 50 pounds. You realize that? Like, no, I've been, because they don't see it. They don't see it every day. You do. Same way that like people tell me my dog got bigger. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it, but apparently he's huge now. So, but then you look at, you know, you have to reinforce that of like, yo, like your, your consistency is paying off. Like you just, you couldn't run 400 meters when you got here and now you're doing it every single day in our warm up. Now it's nothing to you, right? You're making strides. You just did whatever, like whatever it was and reinforcing that to them to let them know that their hard work is actually making a difference in their own life. Yeah. Just seeing that transformation, like being the one who's actually able to, to take a step back and, and look at it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's funny just like talking to you and Max, like there's such a, I want to say it's not even, it's not about CrossFit. Like you guys both do this thing and you coach CrossFit and yeah, you can be the best in the world at programming a 10 minute Which AMRAP. I am not. <laughs> but like, it doesn't really matter. Like people are doing hard stuff and people are doing stuff that they, when they walked in the door, they thought they couldn't do. Right. And that goes beyond, hey, you can do toes to bar now or you can do a ring muscle up. Like that stuff really doesn't matter. Yeah. And just seeing the focus of you guys on the thing outside of the gym, the other 23 hours of the day is so much more important than the one that you spend in here. Yeah. Yeah. And like the things that, that he does with the green Bray project and just community service in general and just being a nice person, like that's what we should all be striving to do. Like we should all be trying to help our fellow man and, and go out of our way for things that we can do that they can't. Right. That's, and that comes back to like, just saying, thank you. Like people, you don't understand how awesome it is to hear. Thank you, Angelo, for having me on this podcast. Like, that's awesome, right? And it's not that hard. It just takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of effort, and boom, you're done. And, um, you know, being able to spread that message is something that is very important. Like, I don't give a fuck how fit you are. I don't care at all. I don't care how smart you are. Whatever it is, like, the, really, the, the thing that drives me home is, like, are you a good person? Are you here for good stuff? Are you here for good reasons? Are you going to help people? Are you going to make a difference? And if you, you know, you answer no, like, you should really reevaluate what you're doing here because you only get this, this short time here. Like we're here for a blink, right? And if the time that you're spending here is being spent being fucking miserable and mean and angry and like judgmental, you're doing it wrong, right? You should be here making people better, like going out of your way to, to do good things for the world and, and just, you know, cause everybody bitches about like all oh, this fucking country. It's we're in this shitty place. Like, yeah, man, we are, but like make something different. Like go, go change it. If you want to change it, it starts with you. Cause I, that's just how it is, you know? And if you want to, you know, you want to get people to do things you want them to do, you gotta be nice. They got to trust you, right? They're not going to like you if you're just a giant piece of shit and you're mean all the time and you're angry and sad. And you know, like that's what it comes back to too, is like, take care of yourself. Cause if you're not, you know, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. You can have all the tools, but if you're not, if you're not actually 
just nice about it. If people <laughs> don't like you, it doesn't matter how much you know about CrossFit or how much yeah. you, you know about being a soldier and you're like, hey, I know what you're going to experience, but if you can't relay that to somebody with compassion, fuck you. Right, right. It is hard and, it, and it's not like an easy thing to grasp, but that's where, you know, tying it back to what do you say to these new members? I try to get them to hear that and, and live that. And I know that everybody who's in my shoes tries to do the same thing, right? And that's like our goal is to, to make really, really good people. Because if we can make a bunch of good people, we, chances are we're going to have a good community. If we have a great community, we're going to have a good state. If we have a good state, we're going to have a great country. Like, and that's, that's like the, the rolling ball that we want to create. And that momentum is just so unstoppable, right? It's a lot harder to be nice, apparently. It's very easy to be like, man, that guy is a fucking asshole or this person's fat or this person's dumb. It's super easy to say that. How hard is it to go out of your way to be like, hey, like, Angela, you tried really hard today. You know, like, great job. How hard is it for you to go into a random place and just say, hey, how you doing? I, I, <laughs> Becky, she's like, you're like the weirdest guy ever. You walk past strangers and say hi. I'm like, yeah, I think that's cool. They don't, I don't need them to say hi back but I know I'm trying, right? Hey, how are you doing? They're like, who the fuck are you, dude? <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, whatever, move on. But at least they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I should say hi to somebody, you know? I don't know. But that's kind of my philosophy on life is like you go out of your way to try to be nice to people and, uh, you know, maybe they pay it, pay it forward that way. So. so for people who are listening who maybe haven't been in the military or haven't, you know, face that true adversity. Is there anything they can read or is there anything, or is it just as simple as, hey, like make a decision to be nice today? Um, so there's, there's a couple things. Um, Daily Stoic is a really cool book. Every day it gives you a little blurb of like, you know, some kind of trial or tribulation that somebody faced one day in the world. And you hear it and you're like, all right, well, traffic won't be too bad today if, you know, Marcus Aurelius got <laughs> murdered by his son or whatever. So, like, things like that. I think that if you, if you can have some kind of, uh, you know, whatever your philosophy is, like, read on that or, or reflect on that or spend some time doing some meditation or um, really, like, exercise for me is, like, religion, dude. Like, I, I really think that every time I work out, I feel better and I am a better person afterwards. And if I don't, you can ask anybody. It's like, man, that guy's kind of kind of grumpy today. Maybe he just didn't eat or he's, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, with the podcast, I think I've been always searching for the answer. Like, what's this book that we can read? And what's, what's this next resource that we, what's this YouTube video that we're going to watch and fire us up? And it's like, it's so simple. It's like, be a good person, exercise, eat good. Yeah. Like, there's just no there's no substitute it, is, it isn't it's very simple right it's so simple that it's hard <laughs> it's crazy but Hell i think yeah, yeah sorry, no, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead so i was saying like if um if more people did that and they took care of themselves they'd probably be more inclined to take care of other people or not even more inclined but at least physically and mentally able to right because we see that all the time is like i'm not able to take care of xyz because i haven't taken care of myself so like People call it selfish. People call it, you know, um, what, whatever you want to say. But there has to be a point where you do take care of yourself first, right? It's not selfish to, 
to make sure that you're 100%, right? And that's why I think knocking out some workouts in the morning, first thing, it helps me take care of me, then I can go take care of others. And that's a big deal to me. So, and if I don't do it, I'm like, Ugh, man, well, I guess I'll just take care of everybody else yeah. today. I, most people don't view self-care as like a 10,000 10, meter row at five in the morning, oh, yeah. but, but hey, if that's what you need, I think yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, hell yeah. Where can people find you if they want to come into the gym or even just follow you on Instagram? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at uh, CF Steve Bart. Uh, we have our website, www.cfreconstructed.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I can message you my phone number if you're not a serial killer. And uh, if you need anything from me, just please reach out. Like, um, you know, I really enjoy talking to people that have issues that want to get better or that have, you know, vice versa, like have helped other people do stuff. So like, I'm really interested in people's stories and, and what they have and where they've been and where they're going. It's really cool to me. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast, Angela. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I can't wait to listen to this thing back cause we had a lot of good nuggets and, uh, it should be really cool to, to hear, um, how many people enjoyed it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate awesome. your time today. Absolutely. Brother. If you enjoyed that conversation, just make sure to share it out on your Instagram story, tell a friend, share it on Facebook, whatever platform it is, just get the word out there. And if you guys want to support the podcast a little bit more, I do have Better Than Yesterday Refocus Band, so just send me a DM on Instagram and I'll get you hooked up. Thank you again for the continued support and tuning in week in and week out. I look forward to bringing you guys another great episode next week.